Okay, so we've been uh, uh, going through John chapter 6, of course, and um, I'm sure you all remember my point from last week, which was uh, the question of how did the hearers take Jesus, did, you know, his words, did they take his words literally or figuratively, you know? Did they understand him to be speaking sort of metaphorically or poetically or something else? Or did they take him at his word, literally, right? Because last week he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. And how did they understand him, poetically or not? Well, of course, they started murmuring, because that's what they do in the Bible, they murmur. Um, so they, they started murmuring. And they started asking themselves, well, how could he come down from heaven? We know who his parents are, you know. We know his family. Some of us grew up with him. How could he have come down from heaven? So they understood him literally. And then Jesus has an opportunity to say, to correct them, and say, no, no, I was speaking poetically. I didn't really come down from heaven. Well, of course, he doesn't do that. He, he reasserts. In other words, he says, yes, I did come down from heaven. I did, in fact, come down from heaven. So he has a chance to correct them. He, he has a chance to correct their literal understanding of him, and he does not. He reasserts their literal understanding of him. This is very important because there's different ways to take the scriptures, right? Sometimes the scriptures are not literal, and sometimes they are. Specifically, the Gospels, they tend to be literal, but, you know, sometimes Jesus is talking not literally. Sometimes he's speaking, you know, metaphorically, he's speaking in parables, etc. But sometimes it's very literal. And here is an example of his, his speaking literally. So then last week went further on in, in John chapter 6. And he finished with the line that the gospel begins with tonight. And then we have another opportunity to ask, how did the people receive what he said? Literally or figuratively? Okay. So Jesus said this, you know, at the end of last week's gospel, and of course we pick up uh, this week. He says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And then he, he kicks it up a notch, and he says, the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. My flesh for the life of the world. So how did the people understand him? Was he being literal? Well, the Jews quarreled among themselves, we're told. And what did they understand? How did they quarrel? They said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? In other words, as he's speaking to them directly, they understood him to say flesh, like regular flesh, which is a pretty radical thing. You know, here's this, here's this preacher, here's this religious teacher you know, with this whole group of people, kind of like this, a little less formal, you know, preaching to them about, and they don't, they don't get that he's, you know, God, they don't understand that completely, but he's talking to them about, okay, I came down from heaven. He came down from heaven. Look, you have to believe in me. If you believe in me and you believe in the one who sent me, then you're going to understand all that's going to come in this teaching, but you have to believe in me, is what the Lord said, you know, in last week in the last week's gospel in John chapter 6. Okay, we have to believe in you. All right, because it's going to get harder. And in fact, it does. And then he says, 
I am the bread that came down from heaven, has come down from heaven, and this bread that I will give is flesh for the life of the world. Now they're saying, well, how can he give us flesh? How can he give us his flesh to eat? This is (laughs) kind of ridiculous. How can he give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus has an opportunity. If you're a teacher, if you're a teacher and you know you're being misunderstood, this is a pretty big misunderstanding, right? He's going to give us his very own flesh to eat. You don't want to be misunderstood in this way. This is a big deal because it sounds like cannibalism. Let's be clear. He's standing right there. It sounds like cannibalism. How is he going to give us his flesh to eat? This is morbid. This is very strange. So the Lord, as a teacher, as a good teacher, he understands their hearts. He's God. He understands their hearts. He understands their minds. He understands their doubt. He's going to clarify if they're misunderstanding him, right? But also, if they're understanding him correctly, but they're being somewhat obtuse, he's going to restate exactly what he means. Some of you are parents. Most of you are parents. And with little kids, sometimes, I'm an uncle. And with little kids, sometimes you have to say a few times, don't do that, 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 over and over and over until you're sick of saying don't do that, right? And then you got to do it again the next day and the next day and the next day. And sometimes you might even lose your temper, right? Because I know you do because I hear your confessions. So (laughs) I'm not saying anyone here, you know, but in other churches, they do that. but, but sometimes with kids, that's what you do. You know, you, you say it and you say it and you say it and you say it to prove your point. Well, that's what, that's what Jesus does here. That's what he does, right? They understood him to say that he's actually gonna give his flesh to eat. So he has a chance to, to take it back or to reassert. And reassert is what he does. So let's go through it. He reasserts. He says, amen, amen, I say to you which is basically the New Testament way of saying, I really mean it. (laughs) I really mean what I'm going to say next. Unless you, here's the first time, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. And just to make sure they heard him, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and I will raise him on the last day. And again, For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. And again, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. And again, just as the living Father sent me and I have life because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. And even really again, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. Could it not be more clear what Jesus is saying? This is not poetic. This is not, you know, by some sort of analogy or metaphor. He is being absolutely literal. It's literal. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, 
you do not have life. And he says it over and over and over and over. You know, and the people took him at his word. The people, and we're going to hear next week the repercussions of this teaching for Jesus. Because it turns out that actually this means that, that he loses most of his followers. And he's willing to let them walk away. And you know what? He's willing to let you walk away too. He's willing to let you and I walk away over this teaching. That's what it means. So important is this teaching on the Eucharist. He's willing to let people walk away because it is hard that we could consume the body and blood of Christ, that we could consume God himself. Why would he do it that way? Well, of course, you know why he would do it that way, right? You remember the stories. I gave a homily on this a while back. You can check the podcast. But it's all about the Passover story, right? When they slaughtered, you know, the lamb, the Passover lamb. Why did you slaughter the Passover lamb? Because, because it was through the slaughtering of the Passover lamb that the angel of death would pass over your house and you would be freed and then you could, you could get out of slavery and you could, you could go with Moses and, and be freed and go into the promised land, etc. It was the Passover lamb. Well, Jesus is the new Passover lamb. You consume the Passover lamb to be freed. Right? And so the imagery matters. Jesus is the Passover lamb, the new lamb who is slain, so that we could be truly free, not from just physical slavery, but from the slavery to our sins. That's why he does, he didn't have to do it that way, but he chose to do it that way because, you know, God knows what he's doing. He actually has a plan. And so he did it with the Jews and ultimately fulfilled it in Jesus Christ and with Christianity. It's all a plan. He built it all together so that when, when he had the Last Supper and when he gave this teaching, the people would go, oh, that makes sense. It makes sense when you put it all together. But you have to understand it all together. That that's why you would eat the Passover lamb. Oh, who's the new Passover lamb? Jesus Christ, who saves us not from just physical slavery, but eternal slavery to our sins. And this is the banquet that we're invited to so that all of us might be free. We might be free from eternal death. Please stand.